listening to the voices behind Women's Cricket Chat. That's Alex, Hannah, Georgie and Cassie. Coming up on today's podcast, we've got Sunrisers T20 captain and Sunrisers all-rounder Kelly Castle. Now we talked to Kelly all things cricket, particularly how she got into the sport, who was one of her main influences, which surprisingly was her primary school teacher. Kelly talks about the highs and lows of trialling for Essex and how thrilled she is to be part of Sunrises in the regional structure and how she hopes that the 2022 season will bring her and Sunrises more luck. Welcome Kelly Castle to the Women's Cricket Chat podcast. You, you're going to be the one and only today. You've got to do this all on your own. No teammates around you, but we're nice enough, I like to think. So joining myself and Alex today. So how's things going your end? Are you back to pre-season, back with all the girls? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we train, training is busy, I tell you that. But yeah, we've sort of been back for the past five weeks, purely of just fitness training, really. Um, haven't picked up a cricket bat yet. But yeah, literally training four days a week of pure fitness, gym, getting strong basically so yeah it's hard but it's fun and it's good that we're doing it as a team sort of being around the girls as well so yeah it's good yeah no one wants to be doing that pre-season fitness have you been doing yo-yo tests bleep tests or did you get those ones out of the way so yeah we did fit a day of fitness testing yo-yo tests which yeah never fun really I, I know a lot of the girls we talk about this I feel like later in life like if you've ever done it like at the, the start the woman's voice I feel like it's so triggering now because of the amount of times we've done it before I think later in life if we ever hear that we're just going to get absolutely triggered by it but yeah so we got those out of the way and yeah we sort of I think Thursdays is a long day but we have like a team challenge like a conditioning challenge so uh, we've done in the past like an indoor triathlon so it was like a, a 1k row a 5k bike ride and then a 2k run and we did it as like a team or like two teams against each other so those are long but they're actually really good fun to do sort of a team challenge it's an absolute killer but yeah I say it's good fun but I'm thinking about this Thursday and I'm probably going to be in pain so you know (laughs) and uh, do you find those sort of team building exercises really good because you have got a varied age group you've got Grace Scrivens at 17 you've got Mara Carr 27 so you've got a nice mixture of ages yeah, definitely. I think a lot of us, funny enough, we were talking about this the other day of like, if we all went to school together, like what type of people would we be and like, would we all be friends or anything? But um, I think age doesn't really, sometimes age doesn't really, we don't really care like how old each other are. I mean, Scribs sometimes does act like a child and her nickname is the child, but I mean, a lot of the time she just cracks on with it um, and gets on with it. And I think the fact that we all get on so well is really beneficial and it's only going to help us as a team and as individuals as well. And that's fantastic because I didn't want to hear anything about 27-year-olds being old. So <laughs> well done on that one because I was going to be really insulted there. So obviously, nice to be back together with all the Sunrisers girls. You had, it wasn't an easy... 2021 this summer was that obviously we had the Rachel Hayhoe Flint trophy in its second edition and then the Charlotte Edwards Cup which you were captaining the side and so that's first year so what was it like to be part of that how was it to try and maintain the morale on the end of quite a few losses yeah it was I think there's, there's no question about it this season in both competitions was really hard and I think as a team there was definitely I think it proved how much we could stick together as a team I think realistically when you go through stuff like that it can either make or break you as a team and I think off the field definitely it really sort of made us because we know that especially moving forward is that we know that like seasons like this that it's sometimes it happens to everyone sometimes it doesn't but the fact that we've been through this we've been through sort of being quite low down whatever we know that we can only really go up so I think really as a team it's it's actually made us and I know a lot of us are looking forward to next year and I think also sort of at the end of this season in the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy the fact that we the our last two games was scorecards of over like nearly 600 runs and like we sort of all said that if we'd have started the season as it was just finishing we probably would have come a lot higher than what we did and I think that's a testament to sort of 
our mindsets and how we ended up going about our cricket because well realistically we've got nothing to lose and we did really kept kept saying that so yeah I think we're definitely looking forward to next year um got nothing to lose so have a good crack at it really I guess that's a testament to the strong mentality of the side and the team unit that you can actually even on the end of some heavy losses build that momentum into the end of the season and that must be quite a nice thing to look at going ahead to next year and be like look we've managed this is what we know we can do and even when it was coming to the end of the season it'd been a long summer it'd been really tough we could put in these performances so going into this pre-season you must be quite positive yeah definitely I think like we we sort of acknowledged especially the the pros we acknowledged that we probably feel the losses a lot harder than some of the other girls just because the nature of it is that it's our job now and we're the ones who sort of our heads are on the line really and we've sort of acknowledged that and therefore I think definitely in this pre-season winter training we're sort of owning that a bit more to be able to be like okay well we're the ones that really want to drive it forwards and then everyone else who's coming into the squad can help push that as well so yeah I think we're, we're definitely looking forward to getting out there next year and really sort of proving ourselves and hoping that we can potentially change the opinions of other people of of what Sunrises is because there's so much talent and so much potential in our team and I think it's just living up to that and being able to do it on the pitch. And there obviously seems to be a momentum and mentality shift post 100. Although you guys perhaps didn't get the results, you were, like you said, you were getting 600 odd runs in a match, which is like with both sides, which is great. Do you think players like Grace Scrivens, Dats, Amara Carr being around the likes of Heather Knight and Joe Gardner being around like Darnay Vanny Kirk had a positive impact on the team and did they share any tips and tricks they learned from the 100? Yeah, I mean, it was only ever going to benefit us of those girls going away to the 100. I think it was, yeah, for a lot of them, a massive learning curve and in a really positive way for them to be able to play one in front of all the number of people that were there, which was incredible. Um, But again, yeah, to play alongside all those players and to have Joey come back from winning the trophy as well. Yeah, I think I think there was just a bit more determination to to again prove what we've got as a team and to really sort of come together and unite to play for someone. The yeah, the it was still a success, even though the scorecards didn't say that we won it we won. We all I think it was Marshy, Laura Marsh, because she was um, an assistant coach I think I can't remember which game it was but one of the games after the 100 um, we obviously lost and she just turned around and she was like there's not a chance like I think that you've lost that game today just because of the way that our attitudes had shifted and I think if we've got coaches and other people sort of turning around and saying that then we know that we're going in the right direction so yeah and just on the 100 do you have aspirations to play in the 100 and if so which team would you like to play for that's a great question. Um, yeah, of course I do. I was, yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I was disappointed that I wasn't involved this year. But yeah, that's definitely my goal for next year to be a part of a team. And if I'm honest, I don't mind which team. If anyone, any team wants to take me, I don't care. So, you know, anyone wants to pick me up, I'm there. <laughs> you heard it here first. All 100 sides listening. Kelly Castle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so obviously what has been amazing to see in the women's game in the last years is the professionalism, the increased number of contracts, 100 and all that. And you were named as one of the first 41 domestic contracts last year. What was it like to be able to take on that and be like, you know, this is my actual job now. I can do this full time without having to worry about other things. Yeah, it it took a while to sink in, really. And I think COVID was also a part of that because obviously... We go to, we sign this contract, great. We're going back into training. And then we were training for, I think it was about two weeks, three weeks, not even. And then all of a sudden we're back indoors. So it was a bit of a, it was a weird situation because you're obviously wanting to do your job, but we're stuck as everyone was really, you're just stuck at home, not being able to do a lot of, doing a lot of Zoom calls, doing a lot of Zoom fitness sessions and all of that stuff really. But yeah, it was, it was an absolute dream come to to be able to say that I'm a professional cricketer. And I, I wasn't really expected either for that to, to come around. Like I just started doing my master's. So I sort of was doing that and then 
had a phone call and I was like oh, okay and then obviously the next day I'm a professional cricketer so yeah it's it, even now like it's still weird to say but yeah definitely as cheesy as it sounds just living the dream really and just on your masters how challenging did you find it studying alongside playing cricket yeah I think also in a COVID world it was just a bit it was it was hard but I think COVID sort of helped me out because rather than everything obviously went online so I didn't have to physically go into uni and I think that sort of helped because even though I think we ended up only having to go in like one day for like a whole day or a morning it just allowed me not have to worry about physically going into uni and then having to go across the training or anything like that so in that sense it helped me out but yeah when it got around to sort of eventually writing my dissertation this year having to do that throughout the summer was hard to sort of juggle and especially when you're doing a study of you've got to go out and get participants and sort all of that and write your ethics and all of that it was yeah a bit hectic but thankfully got it done and don't have to worry about that anymore what was your dissertation on it was on parent influences in female youth cricketers very interesting interesting and relevant Mm. exactly yeah exactly what did you find Basically, it was to do with like sort of, yeah, what influences, obviously, I think the car journey is a massive influence, but it's sort of around like, what type of education can we give to parents if education is needed? And yeah, I think education is definitely needed, but in terms of like, whether, do you need it at like a certain age? Or do you need it at whatever level your child gets to? And I think that's something that could be explored more, because if I'm honest, I actually don't know what the answer is. But I think it'd be, yeah, I think that needs to be explored more. But parents definitely influence children, as long as children also influence their parents. So, you know. Is this something you might want to use your platform as a professional cricketer to try and broaden that to parents in the country and help them get their daughters and sons more into cricket? Yeah, definitely. I am a big, I'm a big fan of like a lot of these things that I do, they always apply to me. So when I was writing my dissertation, I was like, well, I just try and think back to my experiences of what my parents were like, especially because my parents did not play cricket. I don't come from a cricket cricket background, really. So I just sort of like to apply anything that I've done in my life and how that's different to someone else. And I think definitely as sort of being a bit more out there is that I'd love to just help as much as I can and advise or guide just through what I've experienced and how that can help other people, really. You say you don't come from a cricketing background or a cricketing family. How did you get into cricket and did you have any role models growing up? Yeah, so I started when I was in year six in quick cricket, when I was like as the quick cricket. And the only reason I started is because we had an Australian primary school teacher who was, who was like my teacher and he sort of brought cricket over and we had two teams. We had like a mixed team and we had a girls team and the mixed team were rubbish like oh we were okay but like we weren't as good as the girls team and then our girls team just managed to sort of just keep winning um so we managed to get all the way through to like the um the national finals which was played up in Headingley and I remember like our um head teacher wasn't gonna let us go and like for like a little school not loads of people like it was a massive deal and I remember him being like no you can't go because it would it clashed because it was sort of in um the summer like spring summer it would clash with all of our leavers and stuff and he was like no you can't go you've got to go to the leavers I think I think I might be lying uh, I, I'm pretty sure like parents got involved I was like no like you need to let these girls go when are they ever going to get an opportunity to see this so yeah we managed to persuade him and we went um up to Headingley and I think we ended up coming like third I think for a group of girls who'd never touched a cricket bat before playing against a lot of these other girls who definitely had played cricket before and yeah and I think that that's how it started really interesting enough like the when I first it sort of like spiraled from that to then all of a sudden trialing for Essex but the first year I tried for Essex I didn't get in I got into like the summer squad which was like a couple of people if they if they were short they they'd just call upon this group of girls who didn't quite get into the to the main squad um and then yeah I sort of yeah didn't really get in the first year and then the second year sort of had a little bit more coaching um and managed to get in really and yeah since then I've I've not really looked back and I think role models wise definitely even like my Australian primary school teacher like without him I'd never have played cricket and I a couple of years ago I went out to Oz and managed to catch up with him as well because he's sort of always watching and 
seeing results and stuff so he'll he'll randomly send me a message be like I'm really proud of you which is um, lovely but I think that that day when we went up to the finals was the first day I ever met Sarah Taylor and Catherine Brunt which is really strange now because I've played against both of them and I don't want to make them feel old at all but yeah so people like those the first people I've ever met cricketers are probably my my role models really I love how everyone has a Catherine Brunt story oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. can't get involved in women's and girls cricket in this country over the last however long without having a Catherine Brunt even I've got one and I'm old yeah but she's she's a legend that's why she's an absolute legend Funny enough, actually, I was at, um, this, is, this is actually really worrying, I was at like a coaching session the other day and I was like, oh, I was at, I was at like, trials or something helping um, Essex out and I said to them, I was like, oh, like, you know who Catherine Brunt is? Like, she runs into bowl really fast and they were like, oh, we don't know who she is. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, like, I've never heard of her. And I was like, what? So I was like, how can you say that? And then I was like, please go away just look her up and you will be amazed I couldn't believe it like these I think they were under 11 but I could not believe it that these girls didn't know who she was so I'm hoping the next time I see them they do know who she is because I'll be very annoyed otherwise I'm actually gobsmacked I hope yeah you yeah. sent away to do their Catherine Brunt homework yeah, <laughs> that yeah CD really of rock when he sends them home with all the like classic cds of rock that they need yeah. to listen. it's like you sending them off with Catherine brant videos been like watch this yeah. one watch that one yeah. Yeah. So funny. and so back to you sorry Catherine. Oh, yeah. you said you only made that summer squad that first year did that sort of give you the kick up the bum to fight for the trials again the next year yeah i remember there was like a a couple of a couple of girls from our school team who went on to trial for Essex and sort of they all got in and I remember thinking like how like why am I not there why am I not there and me being really competitive as I was that was definitely like yeah definitely the kick up with the bum just to be like no you are gonna do this if this is what you want to do you're gonna get ready get crack on for next year really so yeah definitely probably more my competitive side came out and was like no you're gonna do it which seems to be a theme probably for my whole career really to get there but yeah well, it seemed to work because, mm. I mean, your debut wasn't your best game when you played the mm. Essex. Out for a duck and didn't bowl. But, you know, like we say, onwards and upwards from there. And since then, you've become the Essex T20 captain and the 50 over captain. What was it like when someone told you that you were going to be named as captain? Yeah, I think going back to my debut, I think I was like 14 years old. Like, I actually don't even remember it in fairness. So like little old me was probably like, oh yeah, I'm really happy to, to be here. But I think I remember when I was younger of being like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to captain the team. That's that's the goal. And then to sort of, I think there was a year where I was nearly going to take it over. And then I think they ended up going with someone else because they were a bit older and had a bit more experience. So then I was like, okay, cool. And then it just sort of naturally happened that I was sort of the one there that had eventually had the most experience and could sort of lead the team, really. So, yeah, definitely at Essex, that was, it was, yeah, I sort of, I don't know how I'm still doing it, really. I'm still here doing it, but um, it is good fun. And I think county cricket is really important. I know there's a lot of things going on and talking about it at the minute, but if we don't have anything between club cricket and regional cricket, how are you supposed to produce cricketers? Like I, I honestly don't understand the logic behind if people wanting to get rid of county cricket, really. Um, so, yeah, and then I think, yeah, some Sunrisers taking over T20 captaincy, again, like I wasn't really expecting it. So to be able to do that was really fun. It was very stressful, very, very stressful. But I get it, something that, as, as I say, the team have learned from this year, me definitely learning from this year and how I can improve on myself and take that into next year. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's good fun, but very stressful. <laughs> and you've got a lot of captaining experience, like you've just mentioned there. Talk us through what a Kelly Castle team talk looks like. It's normally, I'll be like, we'll get into a huddle. And I'll be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to basically, it ends up being like, right, we're going to win. This is how we're going to do it. And then I'll usually say something really cheesy because in the moment, for some reason, my brain, in the moment when like I'm in that, you know, like that little panic stage of, oh, what do I say? It will result to something really cheesy. So normally it'll be like a really cheesy line. Like, I don't know if anyone saw this. I really hope not. But when um, the video came out this year of like getting a contract at the end, I think I said something really cheesy of like, 
get fit, get strong, crack on. So normally something like that happens in the team talk because that just seems to be my panic mode of coming out of what do I say. So yeah, normally something like that. <laughs> I have this image of you being like Channing Tatum and she's the man. Yeah. <laughs> like some people are born great. Some people achieve greatness. Yeah. People have greatness thrust upon them. That's that's you. That I'm is literally Channing Tatum, so you should be chuffed there. Yeah, thanks. Obviously, he listens to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. obviously. I don't know oh, why he right. really, so. Yeah. <laughs> He's all about women playing sport, though, as we saw yeah. in that film. Yeah, because that's mm. totally. Um, <laughs> we get distracted by Channing Tatum. So this summer, you did have some really great milestones for you. You made your first List A half century, and you were also top wicket taker for the Sunrisers. So actually, you did quite well in the bowling and the batting. Which of your disciplines have you been working hardest on? I think, well, it's interesting because at the start of the year, at the start of the season, I, I didn't think I was going to bowl as much as I did. And so definitely over the winter, was it, it was very heavy batting focus. And then obviously it came around to the season and then you look at our squad and you think, wow, where are where am I actually going to bat? And that's why in the first few games, I think you had like me and Joey down at like nine and 10, because when you've got like Fran coming in, Maddie comes back, the list, we actually have such a strong batting lineup. So then I think, yeah, for me, just whenever I could get the opportunity to bat up the order, then yeah, I tried to put everything I did in the winter into practice really. But yeah, so then to be able to bowl as much as I did, I think, yeah, I, I don't know if that's a credit to myself again for, for sort of, I did, I did also try and focus as much as possible on bowling because I like I wanted to be, I don't really want to be just a one skill and then uh, maybe if if things aren't going great or you're like right at the bottom of the pecking order for your next skill. Um, So like I want to try and be the best all-rounder as possible really. So then to be able to bowl as much as I did and obviously take as many wickets as I did it was, yeah, it was great and yeah, great to be able to contribute to the team really so yeah I, I don't think I could pick between batting or bowling really both are really stressful and annoying but yeah I, I like them both so and you mentioned earlier that you've got Laura Marsh on the coaching staff World Cup winner and you just mentioned Fran there who was also a World Cup winner what is it like to have people like that in and around your squad and what sort of advice do they give you guys yeah I think it's like Laura Marsh, the amount of experience and knowledge that she has, or both her and Fran as well, are incredible. And I think you can probably ask them any question and they'd have some type of answer to because they've experienced it all really. Excuse me. I know there was a game in the year where uh, there was a couple of times we have like spoken to Laura Marsh and be like, come on, you know, you want to get the pads back on. You know you do. Turn your arm over. So we're slowly trying to wear her down, but it won't happen ever. But she's, both her and Fran are great. And it's it's such a shame and sad that Fran is now going off, obviously back home, which is great for her. And I'm excited for her to go back home and play for Storm. But when we actually have to play against her, I'm not really going to be too happy. But yeah, both of them, having them in amongst the team has been such a great opportunity and an insight into sort of their lives and what they've they've been through. And I think they're both a bit of a testament of how good this domestic setup has become and how much it's evolved in this country that people can retire from international but carry on playing professionally and that's something you touched on earlier the importance of county cricket and that setup and also the domestic stuff so it's nice to see that too I can't remember what I was going to say I completely lost my train of thought I got too excited by all that lot Alex <laughs> just on Fran before she did leave Sunrises did she teach you guys uh, any tips and tricks on how to take speckies <laughs> to be fair I would literally go up to her and be like Fran just teach me how to build just give me all your knowledge give it to me but she's so calm and chilled she'll just I don't know like she there's just a couple of times in games this year where like she would just just literally fly like there was a couple of I think there was one where she nearly took a, a similar catch to the one that like her absolute speck at Chelmsford for England and she's just like yeah no biggie like she's just so calm and chilled about it so I've tried it in as many training sessions when she's been there just to watch her and see what she does. But yeah, I'd say probably just being chilled and calm. I definitely need to take that on board, really. So, yeah. And talking of remaining chilled and calm, you didn't remain chilled and calm when you were on the Radio Essex earlier this year asked to pick your (laughs) playlist. You just just lost it on that one. Okay, right. So again, 
I panic obviously and uh, I just we were doing we we did this thing and then I remember Victoria probably being like right we need to we're just going to do this and I wasn't prepared and I think this was the issue I wasn't prepared so every time she was like so what's your favorite what's this and I could not think for the life of me any songs like nothing would come, come to my head so that's why I was just like just one second let me check my Spotify of what songs I actually listened to because I just couldn't think of anything on the spot so yeah I would definitely need to stop panicking as I said I panic and random things come out of my mouth so I don't know I need to sort that out really well or not because it gives absolute comedy gold really of cheesy things coming out so you know that's very funny and maybe cheesy things are the best thing you know they work as captain we saw that from Channing yeah. Tatum get fit get strong win matches or whatever it was that you spewed <laughs> you've also done your coaching qualification haven't you so mm-hmm. is that something that you've always wanted to pursue or is it just you're like you know cricket well I'm gonna pass this on to the younger generation not calling you old because Um, is that something you've always wanted to pursue I think it's just been an opportunity really to to do I I did so before I went to uni I took a year out and did an apprenticeship at Essex and sort of working at Essex was sort of gave the opportunity to be able to do my level three so I think I highly recommend that any players do a coaching qualification because it just you learn so much more about the game and not even just about the game, you learn so much more about yourself as a player and what you can take on from these different coaches that you end up meeting. And I think that's probably the most important thing. The people that you meet are the ones that sort of help with the experience. So, yeah, I've sort of, I've always helped out like at Essex and in the girls' pathway as much as possible, really, because I think, yeah, especially now being a pro and knowing a bit more about the game now, like I just want to pass on any information or any any guidance I can to the younger girls because I think when I was younger I didn't really have that so you, you're sort of just learning on the spot and you're learning from coaches who sort of your stereotypical older men who have gone and played club cricket like you're learning stuff from them so rather learning stuff from them like why not someone my age or other girls who have played cricket at a higher level to go down into those younger age groups or even into like the under 17s like yeah I would have appreciated it so much having someone still in the game teaching me or or helping me learn anything really so yeah I'd say it's 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 a great opportunity to do and for myself as an individual and yeah as as I said before I'm I want to help the younger girls because then growing up playing cricket now is going to be so different to what I've I grew up playing because they now have an opportunity to to be a professional cricketer like from the get-go from when when they start playing they have a they have a pathway to look for look towards so yeah it's for me it's just about sort of helping and giving back as much as I can it's our old friends see it to be it isn't it yeah definitely maybe not so old if you can't friend but a great yeah yeah definitely great friend yeah if you can't if you can't see it how are you how how do you know it's there really so yeah. yeah and like you say you know you want someone you can actually compare yourself to rather than some old fuddy-duddy turning along and yeah like, I played cricket once when I was your age <laughs> you're like what was yeah. that before the internet you know so yeah it's nice <laughs> that the younger ones although you say under 17 the grey scribble still the ones but you know mm. we'll, we'll yeah. pass on that one um <laughs> yeah. yeah and so yeah, exactly. You're passing on your knowledge that way. Would you say the person who inspired you most was your Australian coach when you were at primary school? Yeah, I, def- I think definitely, I think I've probably had quite a few, but definitely to get involved in the game. Also because the way he went about things, the way he was very much like, you can do whatever you want to do. Like if, if you want to play cricket, he's like, I have a 100% faith in you to go and do that. And but it wasn't just about cricket as well. He did it about school or anything like that. He was very much, if that's what you want to do, he would support you and be like, yeah, great. Like I'm not going to, as a teacher, as that teacher role model, he's not going to say you can't do that. Like there's no option for you to do that really. Like I, I remember him saying when I was young, when, yeah, when I was in like year six of him being like, yeah, you, you can go on. And if you want to be a professional cricketer, like I think you can. And I think from that young age is that, Obviously, back then, that's the only the only way to be a professional cricketer was to play for England. So for him to say that, I think, yeah, I think I think was a great aspect to him as a person. But yeah, I think role models. I don't know. I think I think I've had quite a few, even in my my parents of 
as I say, they don't come from a cricketing background, but the fact that they've, again, supported me in anything that I've wanted to do, because when you're growing up and there's actually not really an option to be a professional cricketer unless you play for England, like for them to be like, yeah, no, you can still do that, then that's great. But obviously, like still having an education alongside of it, yeah, I think they've, they've been a big, big part of my direction in life as well. So obviously you're back to pre-season and getting fit, enjoying all of the weights, getting in the gym, girls who lift, all of that at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is the plan over the next few months, Christmas time, and what are the hopes going into next season? Yeah, so hopefully we'll pick up a cricket bat sometime soon, which would be great. And then I think over the Christmas we've got like a week off or something like that. And then obviously into actual pre-season I think which was great this year is that we were really lucky to get outside quite early just from the facilities that we have so hopefully we'll get that next year again which will only benefit us and then yeah just look look to I guess keep the momentum from the end of last season into next year really and I, I think we've all got that desired goal for that as well so yeah hopefully next season will be better <laughs> Just on the inception of Sunrisers, when the ECB announced the regional restructure, how did you find out that you were going to be part of Sunrisers? And do you find it difficult at times because you are the only team that is made up of several counties? Yeah, so I think I remember sort of in the winter before anything was announced, I remember there was like, rumours going around like there's going to be regional cricket there's going to be an option for people to be professional or semi-professional uh, there's going to be contracts involved and I remember thinking oh like that's great like hopefully I can get involved in that I didn't really know how you get involved in it really just apart from turn up and train at your counties and hope and play county cricket and that's where county cricket comes into it because if you don't play county cricket how do you get involved in regional cricket so yeah we I remember finding out that way and then yeah I got a phone call saying you've been selected or do you want to be part of Sunrisers? I remember turning up to the first couple of sessions and like I just felt so out of my depth like I knew a a few people like Cords I I played with her at Essex before she went to Middlesex and like I knew her I didn't really know many others really so I just felt so completely out of my depth and one thing that cricket definitely makes you do for some reason I don't know why but it makes you cry a lot I remember that first summer like I just for some reason the emotion that cricket gives you and I think especially at that time of where you've got a chance to be a professional cricketer but like how do you do that all of this we're we're losing games how can I prove that I'm this whatever to gain a professional contract when everything's happening really I I remember my brother being like he just moved home and every time I saw him I'd been crying or was crying and I remember saying to him like I'm fine it's just cricket cricket just does this to you you just don't understand so hopefully that resonates with someone because otherwise like I'm probably the only person who cries but I yeah I'm sure other people cricket is one of those sports that just makes you do that really but um yeah I think sorry I've gone off on a bit of a tangent here but um yeah the, I, the regional stuff back then when it first started was really exciting that it it could happen really and yeah the opportunity to to progress cricket further and ever since then it's just cricket's gone like that really for women hasn't it so yeah it's only beneficial yeah so you sound you sound like you're a bit behind women's cricket. It's not a, <laughs> not a bad coming. And then looking to next year, potentially a hundred contracts. No, you heard it here first. Yeah, exactly, definitely. <laughs> and if you could ask Santa for one thing cricket related, what would it be? Oh, what's a great question? Oh God, I don't know. If it, for us to win a lot of games next year, that was what I'd ask him. I'd be like, please, just give us every help you possibly can help us win games next year just quickly on Trevor Griffin what is his coaching style like and I don't know how to phrase it but he's got a lot of experience winning trophies abroad how does that sort of relate into the sunrises and how are you guys gonna hopefully lift some silverware next season he is as a coach like he's a great human being and I think for him I hope he doesn't really mind me saying this, but like I'm sure he found it as hard this year as we did because he's coming off seasons of, for example, last year in the Big Bash, him winning the Big Bash, him winning trophies in the Women's Super League. So I think even even for us, like 
we want to win games for him as much as we want to win it for ourselves. But like we know he's got this big legacy that we want to contribute to because I'm sure, yeah, said I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but I'm sure he found it quite hard this year. I really, really like him as a coach because he's very he lets you explore what you want to do. So if you the way that you want to play, he will just aid that and help you get that out, help get that out of yourself as a player, which is great. Like the best I think that's what one of the best coaches, best attributes to coaches is to let you play how you want to play. And then a coach just helps you develop that basically. So yeah, I think I'm glad we've got him on board. I think we probably couldn't have had any better coaches on board, really, if you look at his previous history. So I know as yeah, as a team we want to help get that and obviously, yeah, hopefully lift silverware for next year for ourselves and as as sunrises as a team really. And I think what's nice about Sunrises is it's got that real family vibe. Like you've got Trevor, you've got Laura, you've got Carl, you've got Tom, the SNC coach, and you've got Kieran as the mm. analyst. So if you had to pick a favourite out of all of them, who would it be and why? <laughs> what a question that is. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I like, as you say, Sunrises, we are, it is a massive family. We, I don't know if I could pick. I think maybe like at this present moment in time, because I, we see him every day, I'd say Tom. However, he does make us do really gross conditioning sessions. So maybe that steers my thing. But yeah, I don't know if I could properly pick a favourite because, yeah, as I say, we're, I think that's the benefit of Sunrises and, and I guess what people don't sometimes see from the outside because they're obviously looking at scorecards and be like, oh, well, Sunrises are losing. But like we are a genuinely nice team like um, we just support each other and it is just a massive family so yeah I think yeah I don't think I could answer that question (laughs) yeah what we like to finish off with on these podcasts is a quick fire round so we will throw some questions at you and you can quick fire answer so one we always like to start with is Hannah's favorite which is what's your favorite sledge oh my favorite sledge oh send those bells to Wales Hannah's other favourite one is, what is your favourite tea item at a village cricket? Oh, that's a great question. At village cricket, I would say the cold pizza that they've stuck in the oven and then like pulled out and it's been sat there for a while. And yeah, cold pizza. That is actually such a good choice because cold pizza mm-hmm. when you're hungover is so much better than when you get it the night before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they always do like the little tiny slices, which I don't really understand. But like, and then you end up just having to take loads because they're like tiny little shivers. What was the last thing you binged on Netflix? The US office. However, this is, I'm so lame. I don't know if anyone else gets this, is that when you watch something, it's so good. You get to like the end of the series and you're like, I don't really want to watch the end of the series because it means it's going to be over. I'm currently at that situation of not wanting to finish it because it's so good. Favourite ground you've ever played at? I will always say my home ground, Essex County Cricket Ground. The Cloud FM. Cloud FM ground. It's very, it's just very, it's such a homely ground. I always think like it's very, everyone's quite close to the action. So yeah, I'll always say that. Ground you'd like to play at? I'm going to go abroad and say the MCG because that's, I feel like that's just like a pinnacle, isn't it really, to play there. What's your favourite wicket you've ever taken? Ooh, great question. I'm actually going to say, I think it was this year of, Bryony Smith against Southie Stars and only because I think I bowled a leg stump and I couldn't believe it myself that I bowled a leg, leg stump like I'm sure there's pictures of my face being like oh my god like as if I've done that so that's probably the first one just because it's recent really that comes to mind. If you could take the wicket of any England international who would it be and why? Any England international I'm gonna say Nat Siver because she's so good isn't she like so good. She is very good. Round the legs on that one, or as she's trying to go for a nap, Meg, and you know. Oh yeah, good question. No, I just feel like just clean bold. Like she's tried to play a defensive shot, and you just absolutely done her. It's just like nipped in a little bit, taking off stump. That's that's like a proper wicket, isn't it? Like you just completely beaten them. If you hadn't been a cricketer, what would you wanted to do? I would have loved to have gone into like theatre and musical theatre and stuff. I sort of did that when I was younger, and yeah, like yeah, I would have loved to to have done something like that I think that's so cool okay how have we totally missed that <laughs> please tap dancing you're gonna have your tattoos I actually this 
this is open up a whole can of worms (laughs) yeah I actually like I've actually just started again this is lame this is my life I've just started going back to doing like tap classes because I have a lot of spare time in the evenings more so and I need to get another hobby that's not cricket so I've literally just gone back to starting doing tap classes again and it's so fun like so fun okay we need videos of this or it didn't happen (laughs) yeah yeah sure yeah I'll, I'll see what I can do. What's your go-to song if it comes to singing? Literally any musical theatre song. Like, because obviously our region is so big, so many counties, um, travel a lot. We drive a lot. So my playlists in my car are basically like any musical theatre. Hamilton's great. Wicked's great. I could probably, yeah, I reckon my trivia of naming any songs from musicals would be quite high up, I reckon. <laughs> that would be your celebrity mastermind topic. Yeah, I reckon so, yeah. Blast out a bit of Defying Gravity, yeah? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> we get you on The Masked Singer, we could have Cricket's Got Talent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But honestly, there's so many opportunities. <laughs> Favourite musician or artist? At the minute, it is Sam Fender, because he's just great. Like, I should have... My brother's trying to get tickets, but they're so expensive. And I remember thinking last year, he was playing at Ali Pali and literally tickets were about 20 quid. And I'm thinking, just buy them. And I didn't. And now they are about 100 quid. So yeah, definitely sound fender at the minute. Favourite genre of music? Again, I listen to, to pretty much any music. I don't know, I do like a bit of country music. Dolly Parton, she's probably up there with one of my favourite as well. Dolly Parton is wonderful. Favourite Christmas movie? Any of the Santa Claus films with Tim Allen. Any of those, love them. Nice, I'll give you that one. I'm going to say Elf is mine. Yeah, I was also thinking of that as well, but yeah. Okay, I'll let you off then. I'll let you off. I won't hang up. <laughs> Do you know what my mum, my mum's into at the minute for some reason, is just sticking on Channel 5. Absolute cringeworthy Christmas films. Like, she loves it. I will literally walk in and there's some type of cringy Christmas film on but she loves it. That's that's her current, current day-to-day life. We've just watching those. There was one on the other day called like the Christmas charm or something and someone had lost a bracelet and I was like, well, you two are Yes, oh my God, yes, that was on. I sort of caught like a little bit of it. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I think they all follow a very, very similar trajectory. I think you can yeah. sort of just generate movie, pardon me, generate movie and out they pop. Mm, yeah, yeah. The holiday, I'm quite keen on a bit of Emma Roberts, you know, a rubbishy one and you're like, they're going to fall in love. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Throw back to the days when she was in Unfabulous. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that to Grace Scriven, she won't know what that is because she's No, she won't. Ever. Honestly, like, we've had so many things of... She, oh, there was one the other day, I can't think what it was, and she had absolutely no idea what these things were. Oh, if you talk to her about, like... You know, like, I don't know, like, Disney Channel, or when Disney Channel was Disney Channel, if you ask her, like, what Hannah Montana is or, like, That's So Raven or anything like that, she has no idea. Like, literally speaking gibberish to her. Nothing. Honestly, I, I just... I don't, I don't get know. it. It's awful. I know. Hannah Montana is just great. Like, that's that's one of my favorite. If I could name, again, name an artist, Hannah Montana. Love her. Great. Oh, my God. Actually, one of the best. I might listen to some later. Who knows? Yes. Mm-hmm. What are your plans for Christmas Day? Just spending it at home. Uh, so my nan comes over. Uh, and so it's my nan, my mum, my dad and my brother. So yeah. Also, okay. I don't know if this is a thing or controversial. I don't know. Right. So my dad thinks it's really funny that like, because so you wake up in the morning and like the point, not the point in Christmas, but like there's presents and they're there. So you obviously want to open them with the family, probably when you first wake up. Right. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what many people do my dad thinks it's really funny he does this on birthdays as well where he's like why don't we just wait till like eight o'clock tonight and I'm like but why would we do that and he's like yeah because I just think we should just wait and just like so they're there they can sit there And I'm like yeah but why why do we need to do that so every single year I go through the thing of like just get out we're doing it now I don't care what you say we are because I just I don't I just don't get it and he does it because he thinks it's funny but it's not funny because the presents are there why are we letting them sit there if we're just going to open them anyway, you know? I just don't get that. Solid logic right there. And what do you go to your Christmas carol? Do you go for a Christmas carol? You, you do, you, do you belt those ones out? No. What one? I've actually had a song stuck in my head, like, since last December. Um, oh, what one is it? Since last December? Uh, Every yeah, day? Genuine, yeah, like, 
Oh, is that like that um, once in Royal David City, that one, right? And I don't know why I've had it stuck in my head. But I remember thinking last year, like, oh, this song's going to be, like, I don't, for some reason it was just stuck in my head. And I, I kid you not, it's been stuck in my head, like, every day. It would just pop into my head, just the first line of the song, so. I went through a stage, I had that with um, Consider Yourself from Oliver. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, you'd be walking along and suddenly you'd sing it and you'd be like, this is really quite embarrassing. And so you get a bit of a break over Christmas or will there be a Christmas Day run in there somewhere? Um, I'm sure there probably will be a Christmas Day run. But yeah, I think you only get like a week or a week and a half off or something. So it's not actually super long off. But yeah, there'll be probably some type of Christmas Day run. Do something, get ready to eat lots of food, really. And you can justify eating as much food as you want. Best mate in the team? I'd actually say Grace Scrivens is probably my best mate because I end up having to like drive her because she can't, can't drive um so yeah I take her to some training but and she's absolutely mental but I feel like something we share we're quite similar which I think is really worrying but yeah so I think we're we're probably yeah she's probably my best mate who has the worst chat um Grace Scrivens definitely does um Cords sometimes does um, she can be quite quiet, but she sometimes like when uh, I don't remember when we're on the field, she'll like encourage you know, when, like your voice like suddenly goes every single match, she will encourage and it'll be like, oh, like this the whole time, <laughs> and like every single time, like, I'll be standing next to her, and then she's just got her head in her hands like this. So, yeah, her it's not rubbish chat, but um, yeah, it's just funny. <laughs> Who's the worst dancer? And you can say this from your professional dancing opinion oh the worst dancer oh it's a hard one I think a lot of our team have got some good rhythm it's quite hard I think maybe actually last week I think it was I, I tried to do like an introductory lesson on tap and in fairness none of them could get it but I'd say the the, the person who was least able to get it was Dats but she seems really keen to to get involved so I think maybe points for points for trying really so yeah but yeah I don't think anyone's super bad Who's got the worst fashion sense in the team? Good question. I would actually say me, and I'm sure other people would say me. That's why I'm trying to get a bit more out there. <laughs> like, for example, my jumper is a little bit ugly, but we're getting somewhere. So I won't throw anyone under the bus there, and I'd probably say me. Everyone seems to have really cool trainers and really cool jumpers, and so I'm trying to get to that level. Yeah, that's is definitely the one with, like, the trainer collection. Like, it's yeah. very, like, stylish. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know whether it's like a, a cricketing thing or whatever it is. Everyone just has such good shoes, like such good trainers. Like, it's really hard to keep up. So, yeah, yeah, I'd probably say me. And I know other teams have a baker in their midst. Like, you've got Luffy at Western Storm. You've got Ellie Threlkeld at Thunder. Is there anyone in the Sunrisers team who can dabble in a bit of baking? Yeah, I would say Joe Gardner. She um, brought in some salted caramel brownies the other day. Um, yeah, actually, last year in um, COVID times of Zoom calls, we actually did like a um, sunrises bake off. So every week we would do, we'd have a challenge. Someone whoever w- wins or won that week would then choose the choose the topic of food for the next week and have a Zoom call and have like a everyone gets scored. And that little leaderboard thing type type thing basically. So that was actually sick. Mm, it was really fun. Like and um, everyone got probably stuck into it. Like I know, like I would t- in order to be able to you could either just take a picture or you could like film yourself making it or whatever. And everyone got proper stuck into it. And like some of the stuff that was created was absolutely incredible. I think we're gonna have to steal that for women's cricket chat and get you guys to send in pictures of your bakes and then we'll just be like, <laughs> the winner is whoever. Yeah. Then we've got to send you a nice prize. Not a bubble hat, though, yeah. but something else. Something. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is so fun. Really fun. That passed some time in lockdown last year. Georgie, have you got any more questions? Oh, cats or dogs? Dogs. Oh, thank God for that. I was going to have to delete this entire recording. <laughs> so, Kelly, where can our listeners find you on social media if they want to follow you, want to follow your, like, fashion journey, shall we say? And um, <laughs> Fashion journey, <laughs> And um, if they want to follow Sunrises as well. Me personally, I think on everything, is Kelly Shannon with two Ys. Um, 
just to be a little bit different from everyone. Uh, and then sunrises, I may get this wrong, but I think it's just sunrises crick or sunrises cricket. Um, but if definitely if you type in sunrises cricket, we come up. Not to be confused with sunrises Hyderabad. I'm just putting that out worth. Yeah, definitely not. I don't know which one's better. I would say us, but um, you know. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us on Women's Cricket Chat today. It's been it's been a super chat. I've loved it. It's been amazing to hear your story, who inspired you, and I feel big things coming for the sunrises next year. I'm really sorry if I wasn't very nice this summer. It's because I believe in you guys. So next year is going to be the year of the sunrises. The sun will always rise. So it's already always. set. Get it? It was mm-hmm. set. Oh, right. oh, God, I'm funny. Um, thank you so much for coming on and have a super Christmas. Enjoy watching all of the Santa Clauses and Elf. We will catch up with you soon. Maybe get you to do a little takeover sometime and we can keep up with the get fit, get smart, get happy, be happy, <laughs> play well, do your best, Kelly Cartzel team chats. And if we all need a January, you know, a little booster for how to get fit in January, we'll come to you and you can, you can lead the way. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that was really fab. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. No, thank you. Massive thank you to Kelly for coming on and being a guest on the podcast it was really great to get her perspective on sunrises at the moment and where she sees sunrises going but not only that it's great to see her passion and enthusiasm for cricket shine through and how important it is to have a county set up for the women's game as well as a regional setup and to all our listeners if you want to keep up to date with everything we're doing you can follow us on twitter at wcricketchat on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat. If you'd like to give our personal Twitters a follow, then it's at Hannity1194, at GeorgiaHeath27, at Cassie Coombs98, and I'm at Alex Jane Pereira on Twitter. This has been Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time. <laughs>